Scott Frost is coming to town. Let's talk about it. Mom, thanks for watching. So tomorrow at noon, it's senior day in God's country. This class is a bunch of good guys, but it's not very big. And it's an unusual senior day simply because who's being honored? First off, the, the starters being honored are Watts, Neil, Thieneman, Anthrop, Hermans, and J.D. Dellinger. Some names you all know well. A lot of those guys have been contributors for a long time. Second, you got the fifth-year transfers being honored. And then finally, the guys who have been contributors and uh, in different ways. And then finally, in an unusual move... Rondell Moore will be honored on Senior Day. I guess not that unusual because you know uh, how this one ends. He pretty much told us that he's ready to go to the pros already. Um, the really interesting thing is those fifth-year seniors, to me, we really haven't gotten a chance to know them very well because the season's been so truncated and abridged. So here we are, Senior Day. Uh, that's, a, that's always a, kind of a bittersweet thing. Of course, there'll be no fans there. Another thing that makes this Senior Day very unusual, but still there will be Senior Day. There are a lot of negatives going into the senior day. Of course, uh, losing three straight is a big deal. But there's some other things to look at that were made apparent just recently. Um, of course, we saw at the end of the game last week in the fourth quarter, Derek Barnes got uh, flagged for targeting since it was in the second half. That suspension rolls over one more half. He will not be available in the first half. Then you have the other interesting news this week, Ahmad Anderson, uh, decided to enter the transfer portal. That was a little surprising, not super surprising. Likeable guy, hate seeing it, but he's moving on. And then Jared Sparks uh, went ahead and opted out of the remainder of his season. And really, in all, for all intents and purposes, that's a retirement from football, I would think, unless he shows up someplace else as a grad transfer. Then we heard in Brahms Presser this week that seven other players are opting out of this season. I don't know if that means they're opting out of their Purdue career. I really don't know how much further that goes. But he said specifically the running backs were hit very hard by these opt-outs. So that's a tough thing to swallow. Um, Horvath and uh, Daru are still available. After that, we really don't know because Brom didn't tell us. Then we heard the not very good news that Aiden O'Connell's uh, having surgery. That is effectively ending his season. He's not available again. That's the second straight game. He's not available. And once again, the quarterbacks on the roster or the quarterbacks being available on that day will be Plummer, Burton, and Alamo. Um, just a little factoid for you. Plummer, uh, in spite of having some inconsistent play, especially versus Rutgers, he's still completing 71% uh, in his two games played and it has five touchdowns and two interceptions. There's room for improvement. I think he played versus Rutgers a lot differently than he did the week before versus Minnesota, obviously. His mechanics look different to me. Uh, he looked like he was fading away or, or throwing off his back foot a little bit more. That's disconcerting. That's bothersome. But I think it can be corrected, obviously, since he looks so much different versus Minnesota. Our friends at Martin Vintage are a family-owned Purdue business. And if you're looking for Purdue gear, Go to martinvintage.com right now. They've got a brand new sweatshirt that's got the old block P on the, on the sleeve and the old Pete swinging a hammer on the front. I love the retro stuff. There's a hoodie or there's a crew neck. Check them out, martinvintage.com. Looking at Nebraska is something you guys may all know. Number one, a lot of people don't like Scott Frost around here. I think Scott Frost came in with a lot of promise. A lot of people that like college football, like myself, like Anish, like Jay, liked Frost for what he was at Central Florida and then quickly uh, kind of grew 
uh, tire of his deal, his uh, speaking out of turn, saying things, ended up with his foot in his mouth. He's done it over and over and over. He's done it again this season when talking about the schedule. He said the league picked on him, and then he said uh, they deserved better and uh, so on and so forth. Last year, or two years ago, pardon me, he called Purdue a winnable game. He called IU a very winnable game as well. Um, So he does this a lot. He gets ahead of himself, and as a result, I think he's got a lot of fans outside of Lincoln who don't like him. And I think you have a lot of people on the Boiled Sports staff specifically who don't like him. Nebraska, of course, is struggling. They are 1-4 and four this season. Their sole win comes against Penn State, another team that's struggling mightily. I don't know who is more disappointed with the season, the Nebraska fans or the Penn State fans. For the common opponents between Nebraska and Purdue, last week, Nebraska lost to Iowa by, by 6. Purdue, of course, beat them coming back at the end. Uh, they lost to Illinois by 18. Uh, was a bit of a thrashing. Um, Purdue was up by... Significant amount, if you remember back, and then had Illinois kind of scratch and claw back in as the defense went into a shell of itself in prevent prevent mode over and over and over before finally shutting Illinois down at the end. And finally, they lost to Northwestern uh, by eight. I would argue it's a pretty disappointing season for both sides. We've talked a little bit about that. If you listen to the Handsome Hour, you could hear a bit more about how we are disappointed in what's going on. We think this team should be better and could be better and Uh, We thought they would be better, honestly. Play calling and the defensive play has been tough to swallow. Purdue really needs the defense to change kind of its whole way of being. The problem is both Nebraska and Purdue are struggling on the defensive side of the ball. The Black Shirts, they allow 36.6 points a game this season. Uh, That's not great. It's not something to be honored. I think they wore their black jerseys last week in honor of their defensive tradition. Uh, Purdue, at the same time, in spite of the disappointment, is allowing only 28.5 points a game, but in the last three games is averaging allowing 32 points. That's not great. Uh, On the offensive side, Nebraska plays two quarterbacks, as you probably know if you're watching this. They've got uh, Martinez and McCaffrey. Uh, Martinez is completing 68% of his passes. Pretty good, but he only has one touchdown along with one pick. On the other side, the guy who has kind of spelled him and really played more significantly the last two, three games is McCaffrey. He's completing 64% of his passes, only one TD as well, but five interceptions to go along with that. McCaffrey is also the leading rusher for the team. He has 360 yards and three touchdowns. And Martinez is the second leading rusher for your Nebraska Cornhusters with 223 yards and two touchdowns. Their leading receiver is Wandale Robinson. He's a water bug. He can get around people. Maybe not as powerful as Rondale, uh, but very, very good in traffic. Has great vision. Has the ability to get away from people in a hurry if they get close to him. Um, He has no touchdowns uh, this season, interestingly enough. Going into the game, Purdue is favored by one and a half. So what's all this stuff mean? Well, we got a predicto for you telling you what we think it means. First, we have a niche. Anish, take it away. I want to take you back in terms of your mentality, however you feel about Purdue football right now, to halftime last week against Rutgers. At halftime, Purdue had a comfortable lead um, over a more solid Rutgers team than I think all of us were anticipating. Um, But the second quarter showed some pretty good stuff. Purdue was up by 10. After a week after a win was entirely robbed, a win that Purdue had earned, was robbed from them at Minnesota. I don't like blaming referees. I don't like saying stuff like that. But to me, that is about as close as you can get um, to a win being robbed by the refs. Um, And then two weeks after, um, or how many ever weeks after, uh, disappointing play calling, legitimately disappointing play calling against Northwestern. I think it's safe to both 
be after you know at, at at that halftime, it was safe to both be disappointed by the Northwestern game, the beginning of the Minnesota game, the fact that it took um, you know that that um, you know middle second and third quarter surge from Purdue um, to to be favored, and you know. You could be disappointed in that and also see that this program is building and it's moving and that this season is entirely chaotic. So let's keep that mentality again this week, regardless of how the, the truly bad way that Purdue ended um, the, minute, uh, the Rutgers game while still being annoyed and saying, Jeff Brown, you need to do better. That's all I'm saying. Let's all take a step back and settle down and, you know, um, say that... Brom, we know that you can be better. Now, getting into this week, talking about the chaotic year, um, it looks like AOC's year is over because of an injury, which uh, would ha- could happen and has happened in normal years. But it seems like the running back position and a bunch of other people that we will, I assume, find out pretty shortly have opted out because of the all-virtual end to the semester. This is all part of chaos year. Um, chaos year has impacted everybody, and everybody kind of has to deal with it. Um, and so it is what it is. It's going to be a weird senior night for all of these particularly fifth-year seniors who may come back next year, may not, who knows. Um, but on paper, this looks like a track meet. There are going to be two decent offenses. They're both ranked top 40 in advanced, top 35 in advanced metrics. Purdue mostly around the passing game. Uh, Nebraska heavily running, mostly oddly from the quarterback position. Two inconsistent at best defenses and two bad special teams uh, coverage units outside of their kickers. Um, to me, the over-under is at 62.5. I'd bet the over. Purdue is favored by one. I'm taking Purdue to finally end up on the right side um, of a close game after week one uh, this year. The Boilers win 35-31. to 31. If you're looking for a gift for somebody who is really hard to buy for, check out gridironmetalworks.com. Get a Purdue grate or get one with one of the military branches on there from your friends and family or even another school. They have some other licenses. You know, there's only one school that matters to us, though, here. GridironMetalworks.com. Our pals, Purdue people. Well, how about that? We got some optimism from Anish. Uh, I don't know if that's too surprising. But now, next up, Jay Money. Let's hear what he has to say. All righty. So, this is Jay from Boyle Sports joining you for as a contributor to the Predicto this week. Um, it's Jeff Brom against Scott Frost. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this one because, well, just because I don't feel like it and I'm not a big fan of preparation. Um, it's fine if you're feeling despondent. Um, it's fine you heard our Handsome Hour podcast. It's fine if you're angry, if you're bothered, if you're questioning play calling. That's fine. But um, turn that energy into demanding more. Uh, and, and, and not giving up on what's in front of us right now. So still a lot of exciting players, still an exciting coaching staff. Um, and if you want to feel better about things, you know, Jeff Brom is a good coach and seems to have figured out Scott Frost. And Scott Frost, in my opinion, is not a particularly smart coach. Um, so has he noticed, has his staff noticed that Purdue's D is vulnerable? If there's a way to keep him on the field for 15 minutes at a clip? Maybe. But I don't know if they have, and I don't know if they're able to execute in such a way to keep Purdue out there. Is Greg Schiano a better coach, a better schemer than Scott Frost and company? I think he probably is. Um, so I, I think it's fair to, to feel good and optimistic about this. I think Purdue's going to be pissed off 
I think they should be. I think Brahm has probably laid into them a little bit. I think they should be reminded of the fact that they're about to fall to a record that they would not find acceptable. And I think they're going to come out at home again, ready to play. I think they're going to put up a lot of points. And the question is going to be if they can keep that up in the second half like they couldn't last week. So of all the games on the schedule, this is the one I've wanted the most and continue to want the most. So I'm going to go ahead with what I want and just say bet the over. Purdue wins this game 42-28. Check out AJ's. They got 20 beers on tap. And when you are in West Lafayette, you know where to go for Boiled Sports' favorite burger. That's AJ's. EatAJ's.com. Again, Jay with some optimism, uh, some kind of unusual signals being sent by my pal Jay, but oh well. Uh, So what do I think in this game? Well, I believe I'm a little uh, less optimistic, let's say, and I'm a lot more realistic at this point. Last week's loss really took the wind out of my sails, and um, I am less than optimistic going into this game. I think Purdue's going to lose. I hope I'm very, very wrong, obviously. I think Nebraska's a bad team. But I also thought Rutgers was a pretty bad team. One difference between these two is defense. Nebraska's defense has struggled all season. Rutgers' defense has gotten better and better every week. We just saw the culmination of that last week as they just kind of put the clamps on Purdue's offense in the third, late in the third and, and in the fourth quarter. Uh, the real question comes down, will Purdue's defense be there and rise to the occasion? If that happens, if Purdue's defense plays big, I think Purdue can win going away. I think they can win by... 14 to 17 points, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't feel like that's going to happen. Like like we talked about in the handsome hour this week, Brew has a lot to get better, a lot of things to cure on the defensive side of the ball. So I say Nebraska wins a high-scoring game 42 to 37. That's a tough one. I hate it, and I hope I'm wrong, and we'll see real soon. We'll have more for you, more content for you this week. Obviously, we'll have a post-game wrap-up in some format or another. Hope you like the new formats we're messing around with, and I uh, hope to talk to you on Twitter. God bless you. Have a great day. Hammer down. BS all the time. <laughs>